Well, hello, folks. Karina and I are back. And for this half, we're going to... I had an email um, from... Uh, gosh, I... It's from Rethink the Drink, and it's Dry July. A lot of people, this is a good... You know, it's a good way to try and give up drinking is to, you know, follow a plan that, like, 30-day alcohol experiment with Annie Grace... Here we've got dry July, you know, an incentive to do, you know, quit the drink. But one of the things that was in this email that really, really is good, and it's breaking down the myths of what alcohol can really do for you. And this comes from the advertising people. Um, this says it takes a closer look at some of the cultural and marketing brainwashing about alcohol we've been swimming in our entire lives. Things like, I need a drink to A, relax, comfort myself, celebrate, dull the pain, feel less anxious, loosen up socially, enjoy life, be able to stand, stand by my family. Oh, to be able to stand my family, spouse, children. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you mm -hmm. can't stand your family. Uh, to numb out, to check out, to get through the day, to get through the night and get to sleep. We're brainwashed to think that this is what alcohol is going to do for us. And um, feeling blue or depressed? Oh, guess what? <laughs> alcohol, yeah, have a drink. Because alcohol is an effective depression, dep depressant. So if you're already depressed... Go and get some alcohol. You'll be even more depressed. And it's, it's guaranteed, guaranteed to leave you more depressed than you are now. It's like getting on an elevator that you thought had an up arrow, but it was only designed to go down. So if you're depressed, you'll become even more depressed. But the advertising doesn't tell you that bit, does it? That doesn't, it just tells you the beginning bit. And actually, when, when you're listening that out, what the advertising is telling you is that have alcohol and then you can disconnect. And mm -hmm. what it's teaching you is that actually it's okay to disconnect and that's how life should be about disconnection. And, you know, when you look at that's how advertising is selling it all to us, it's then we can, it, I think it's important to remember that, that, that it, it's only when we get sober that it's a game changer. It's mm -hmm. only now that we know the truth about alcohol. When we were drinking, we didn't because we were numbed and we succumbed to all the advertising and it's all around us. And um, it's only now that, that we know different, but we didn't then. And although we've changed, our partners, friends, family, parents, brothers, sisters, kids, whoever, are still doing what they've always done. And always and advertising um, this brand new drink, whatever. They make it all so glamorous. And here we go. Once you really get hooked, numbing with alcohol, you can add to your overall sadness and depression the experience of waking up every morning with regret as your primary emotion and walking around every single day with underlying feeling of self-loathing because you can't seem to break free from something 
that is sucking you into a hellish cycle. And it is a cycle. And the advertising people don't care. No. Because while you're in that cycle, you're making them money. Mm. And I think it was, you know, what Lilo said in his um, follow-up recently with Drifter. Um, and he was saying, you know, about sort of the people sitting next to him in the restaurant drinking loads and loads of cocktails and mm-hmm. having fun. And how are they going to look in a couple of hours? And that's what the advertising people don't show you. They show you walking nicely on the beach on your holiday or sort of sitting, having a nice meal and toasting, you know, a drink or or whatever. They don't show you people two, three hours after that drink. Yeah, the the post effect, the after effect. And Mm -hmm. in the UK, you only used to see the advert, the effects of alcohol in advertising at Christmas. Mm. And they did huge campaigns, some really, really good campaigns in the UK of how alcohol, but it was only done at Christmas and it should be done a lot more. They did the um, how it destroyed Christmas. Children Mm. sat there crying. A Christmas tree tipped over. You know, parents arguing and all because of alcohol. Then the drink drive campaigns. And how many people now, so many people have switched off from this drink drive campaign, drink driving, and there are so many people risking drinking and driving. Mm. And I did. I'm not ashamed. I did I'm, it. I'm ashamed to say it, but there, but for the grace of God, you know, I'm so lucky that I didn't kill myself, that I didn't kill anybody else. Um, you know, I, I just, and I didn't get arrested or caught. Um, you know, sometimes mm. I wish perhaps I had got caught, you know, I mean, it would have been my career over. Um, but, you know, perhaps it may have given me a, a short, sharp slap a bit bit sooner. But but hey, you know, um, it is what it is. And, and I don't think I, I think even like the drink driving, it, it's more drugs now. They're looking into more drug testing and things now that they tend to to do here. But I think the people that really push in the UK the dangers of alcohol mostly are women's aid. There's um, an association here called MAD, and it's hmm. Mothers Against Drink Driving. And these are all mostly mothers who've lost children to a drunk, to someone who was drunk while they were driving. And the amount of, um, where I live, you can't go anywhere without driving. You need to drive everywhere. You can't walk to the store. In Texas, it's just the distances are just too far. And um, every day on the news, some kind of massive accident caused and the person is now in jail, suspected of drink driving. It's it's almost like, and I know I am as guilty of anybody of, of drink driving. My drink driving was to... And I'm not making an excuse. I didn't go far. Uh, does that sound good? Uh, no, I could have had an accident five minutes out of, you know, yeah. in the driveway even. Mm-hmm. But um, it is almost like a blasé attitude to drink driving at the moment because all these camp drink driving campaigns have just been pushed to one side. And I wonder if it's because the advertising people, there's a lot of money in advertising. I, I think everything's been pushed to one side, hasn't it, because of COVID. And, um, you know, but the reality is that 
alcohol kills more people than COVID ever will, you know? Yes. Um, and when we look at the, the 3 million plus deaths from alcohol-related deaths, does that include statistics of deaths from people that are killed from drunk drivers, that people that have committed suicide, that people that have been murdered um, because alcohol has been involved? Um, you know, it is a huge, huge killer. And um, it, it's something, actually, I don't think, not only has alcohol not like the the risks of it being pushed aside it's actually come to the fore it's been advertised more it's been you know i remember piers morgan saying oh i'll just drink more wine in lockdown last year what else is there to do you know you had people you know encouraging encouraging people to drink and in the uk last year um deaths related to alcohol went up 20 percent because yeah during lockdown so um you know and and what does all this stuff get us to do it gets us to disconnect Mm -hmm. and I don't think that I ever intentionally went out with the intention of drink driving I never you know I might have just like oh I'll just have the one and you have that one and that's it your inhibitions start to go and then you have two and then you have three or I'd be at home and I'd drink a bottle of wine. Oh, I want some more. So I'd jump in the car and go down to the corner shop and get some more. Yep. I didn't intend to drive when I started drinking. But like with everything else, alcohol knocks out our inhibitions. It, um, Sense makes of responsibility is gone. Yeah, it boosts our ego. Our ID, which keeps our ego in check, sort mm-hmm. of goes, diminishes. And it makes us all, every single one of us, vulnerable from... To, to everything and anything you know it and really how many t- how many times have you we talk uh, i just said about the depressing side of it can't tell you how many times i cried when i was drunk that mm. i was would always end up not always but there were times when i would end up crying because it was just so sad mm. and a lot and of so- it howled rocking back yeah. and forth Sobbing, you know, because yeah. this is my life. I f- excuse my French. I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when you reach that point of actually hating your life, and you change it so dramatically, you can't understand why people are not jumping on this with you. This is wonderful, you know. Um, but this is wonderful for you, you know, and. I I cried so much towards the end of my drinking and um, the depression side of it. Yeah, you can start off feeling wonderful, happy, laughing. But how many times have you been to an occasion where everybody's laughing and joking? And then at the end of the night, there is someone sat there crying their eyeballs out because mm-hmm. something someone has said something that's upset. Them. And it's oh, yeah. all, all because of alcohol, because like you say, all the filters are gone for starters your inhibitions are gone you don't care what you say and who you say it to if you've helped if when you're sober you've managed to hold your tongue when someone's upset you god help them when they're around you when you've had a couple of drinks because you know so many families have fallen apart because of something that was said during drinking fights physical fights you know it's Um, awful and it it's all because of the wonderful, wonderful drink and the advertising. And I'm hoping 
um, seeing more alcohol-free bars popping up. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to start being a shift and um, people seeing mocktails on the drinks menu that were mm. never there before. No, so oh, yeah, virgin cocktails and mocktails. Yes, and- mocktails. Um, mm. There is becoming an an acceptance that some people just don't drink, and why yeah. should why should they not be able to go out and have the same kind of enjoyment? without alcohol that people who have alcohol you know so advertising mocktails if someone started doing that in as big a way as the alcohol industry advertises alcohol yeah there might be a shift it's already starting we started we're happy we started and we don't mind campaigning and carrying on and getting other people started because it is a good life. Um, Once you're sober, you can address a lot of the stuff that made you disconnect in the first place. I I was quite heartened when I did my um, podcast with Shiki um, that it does seem to be changing around again. I think that the youngsters of today, it seems to be phasing out a bit, the alcohol now. Um, I think that, that, you know, smoking a bit of backy maybe um but i think it does there does seem to be a bit of a shift with the the, the youngsters now coming up and the teenagers now mm-hmm. that actually they're more interested in the gym and things like that and going running and playing football and sort of on their computer games than they are being drunk or disconnecting which is is a good thing i think um but you know i've i've, I've met a couple of of ladies as you know in real life recently yes um, from the from the app and um when I met um SJ initially she oh. was the first person the first lady that I've met I've met Shiki to do an interview but SJ was like a social sort of you know lunchtime thing and what I noticed and what I learned so I learned something every day was that my stomach was oh I was so nervous and anxious so I thought and I thought, do you know what? The old me would have had some wine here while I was getting ready. I would have got to the pub early and I would have had sunk a glass of wine before she even got there um, to give me some Dutch courage to try and quell my nerves. What I realised was that it wasn't nerves. It was actually excitement. Mm-hmm. And for years and years and years, I have been quelling excitement now isn't excitement a happy feeling isn't that yes. something we love and embrace you know as kids we used to get so excited and here's and one you you're always talking about the endorphins and all the feel-good things from your brain chemicals is that not something that happens during excitement or you're not releasing good brain chemicals yeah and excitement and anxiety give the the same physical feelings i've said this before mm-hmm. that butterflies in the time yes but all these years I'd been mistaking that this is my own feeling, my own sensation. I had been feeling that as apprehension, fear, dread, scared, anxious. So I'd been drinking before I went anywhere to quell that. And actually, all along, it was excitement. I'd been killing my own excitement. And that's crazy, isn't it? Um, I know... um, 
whenever and whenever I'm gone from here to the UK on vacation, um, it's the same kind of thing. I get butterflies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I climb on the plane, and what do I do? A few glasses of wine, <laughs> sort of thing, thinking to settle my nerves. But it isn't. It's the excitement of seeing people. It is right, mm-hmm. um, and it is one of the feel-good. Um, emotions and that's one of the things and I did a um I did a thing this morning I read one and it said to feel the feels because we've Mm. not we've because we've numbed ourselves with alcohol yeah we we don't know how we're learning how to feel the feels so SJ was your first one who did you meet after that then I met Maka for some real life chin chins. So that was, that was great as well. So I saw her on Saturday. Yeah, that was brilliant. We had some Starbucks, went to Starbucks and had coffee, um, which is great. And she came and saw Bumblebee. I was able to ride Bumblebee to that one because there wasn't any rain. Uh, so she came over. So she knew it was me as soon as I pulled up because she saw me <laughs> ride on Bumblebee. So yeah. Um, so, yeah, and she's given me a hug to take to Hound, who I'm seeing on Wednesday. Oh, nice. I am so envious of you. Um, yeah. It's it's nice, to, but these, these are good connections because these are connections with people who we can talk and be open with that we've got no fear of judgment because some there is a fear that when you say to someone, oh, I'm sorry, I don't drink, you get judged. Uh, well, why don't you drink? What's mm. going on, etc. But you know, I own my sobriety now. And I, if someone says to me, "Would you like a drink?" I say, "No, thank you." And yeah. I think if you own it and you say it with confidence, people will just accept it. I think if you're hesitant, etc., people will go, "Well, why?" Oh, you know, yeah. and you, you know, and why is my reason? You know, that's that's for me to know. It's like you know, I'm not, I don't have to tell you. But no. um, so you're meeting Hound this week. Are yeah. You do a, are you going to do an interview or is it just a meet? No, just, just a meet up. Just going to have, go and have some dinner and have some tea um, on Wednesday night. So I, I, we, we're still not sure about what the weather forecast is. So, um, but we're going to risk it this week because we put off our our long-awaited bike tour last week because it was meant to rain and it didn't yeah. really. So um, after I get off this uh, Zoom with you, when we got off, when I get off this train, I'm going to pack my rucksack ready. I went went and bought some waterproofs today, actually, for my bike. Yep. And, um, we are packing, we're loading up, and we're just heading off tomorrow. And we're going to head over to um, Lincolnshire-type area, and then we're going to come back. Um, we have to be back. We've got already got a hotel booked on Saturday um, in Kings Lynn because we, we'd booked that because we were meant to be doing the Norfolk NHS ride of thanks on our motorbikes um, okay. on Saturday. Um, but unfortunately, that got cancelled because the COVID parameters have been pushed back. So that's not okay. on. But we thought, oh, we'll keep the hotel. So we're coming back back to there on Saturday. And then hopefully we're going to do the Norfolk the Norfolk coast so um, oh gosh yeah and I know that if anybody wants to follow Karina she has an Instagram account so you want to tell people about the Instagram account yeah so I've got a couple actually but one of them is sober underscore bumblebee which is my saber one but my travel one is can am girl uk so Uh. And you can live vicariously uh, through Karina's um, Instagram 
And maybe she'll shoot us some little podcasts or recordings from different places she is. Um, and you'll get to see anyone who's not in the UK will get to see the UK. And yes. um, it's, it's, these are the things that we can embrace and take on when we're sober. None of this would be happening if you were drinking. Oh no! Well, well, this time last year, I I couldn't, I couldn't drive my car. I didn't go out. I couldn't talk properly. I couldn't swallow um, properly. I couldn't walk properly. Um, my my nervous pathways, my neurons were just bleh, obliterated, and I wasn't mm-hmm. really doing anything to try and retrain them. And now I've retrained them. And I've learned to write a trike, um, which is a completely new concept for me. Um, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain because it's triggering all my arthritis, but that's not going to stop this girl. <laughs> it's not. Well, what did you say about pain. pain? You said something about pain the other day. If you feel pain, you you know it's, it's telling you something, but you know you're alive. If That's you know, it. Pain, you know you're, fe- alive. you're feeling. And yeah. I will let you know now that I have been investigating coming to the UK Yay. Probably towards the end of October. There's a lot to arrange for it. It takes a bit of arranging. And I spoke with my children and I said, you can have me at the beginning when I get there and you can have me at the end when I wave goodbye. But in between, my sober sisters have my time. So I'm going to buy a senior person's rail card. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> and I am going to travel from place to place. I am going to uh, travel all around uh, the UK meeting up with people. Um, maybe we can all have a sober weekend. You know, um, because they get nice together somewhere. Yeah, yeah, bar weekend somewhere would be nice, wouldn't it? The mocktails. We can we can mm-hmm. all get together. The mocktails. The mocktail sisterhood. Who knows? But that's that's for the future, and I'm hoping it will come off because, like like Karina and I have just said, we have made some wonderful connections. We are no longer disconnected. And Karina and I are very fortunate. I know there are not a lot of people that have this. We are very fortunate in our partners and our families who, while they don't always understand our journey, um, we're not disconnected from them. They are still, we are connected with them and they understand what it means to us. They don't always understand and enjoy the milestones that we understand, but they they understand how much it means to us. So we are fortunate. But if there's anybody who doesn't have that, then um, I don't know. I can't advise, give any advice. Karina and I are just, Karina is a fully trained mental health nurse. I'm just an ordinary everyday person. So, you know, uh, we'll put our emails at the end, as I said, on this podcast. Uh, but we cannot give advice or anything like that to people who don't have those connections. We can just offer support. So I don't know if Karina knows anything that she can say on that one. I, I was just going to say that, um, you know, one of the things that we've found that is, you know, connection is key. So although we may not, you know, we, nobody has all the answers, do they? And no. everybody's situation is completely different from another person's. Um, but, you know, it is amazing how the universe or whatever throws people together. 
And, um, you know, what we find is on I Am Sober, I mean, that that's all over the world. And um, so are our ladies groups yes. and our ladies teams. And very, you know, we have several small ladies groups and very often, well, I think nearly in every group, somebody will come on with an issue that they're facing. And one or two other ladies will go, oh, I've got that as well. And it just seems that there's always somebody going through similar stuff who can support you. So, um, you know, if you're not already on I Am Sober, or similar apps get yourself on there find yourself a community get connected um there you know family friends loved ones don't understand us or but there are people out there on their journey which is a similar journey to yours who do get it who do understand who will accept you who will love you warts and all yep. and <laughs> and embrace you into their, their family and and like you say um we may not have answers but We've got strong shoulders. Um, we can offer support and whatever else you need, um, support and encouragement, love. Um, we've got a whole lot of love for each other within our ladies groups. And like you said, someone will come on and say, oh, my gosh, this has happened. And someone else will say, well, that happened to me. Mm. And like I say, we don't always have the answers, but we have got loving arms to embrace people and hold them up when they need to be held up because you never know one day I might need holding up um mm -hmm. so you know it's uh, it's a two-way thing and giving us giving back to the community of um sober warriors whether you're a male or a female it doesn't matter which giving back is what keeps us motivated to keep moving forward yeah. So giving back keeps you moving forward. So we're going to encourage Karina to post her pictures, keep us going, maybe record some little messages that can be put on the podcasts. Okay. And yeah, and maybe we will be able to podcast on location. Who Definitely. Knows? Definitely. And Next Monday, it's in the diary. Yep. <laughs> and we will and we will look for the photos on our, our favorite hound. Uh, yes. maybe you'll get to do an archie drag which is <laughs> i love it when she says i'm off on an archie drag i can just see yeah. her dragging the poor dog around the countryside <laughs> uh, bless her she's a wonderful lady so funny so genuine um if if one of my kids was in her class i would be so happy and mm -hmm. at some point karina myself hound and hopefully al webby will be coming together for a podcast, I'm hoping to podcast with our Webby very, very soon because she's about to celebrate and get her one-year chip. So that yeah. would be an interesting Fantastic. one. We love yeah. celebrations. But anyway, we will let Karina go and pack her rucksack and get her bumblebee ready for the road. And we will wish her all the best. We will Thank see you again you. next week, Karina. Thank you. Yeah, I will, I will let you know where to send the train. I'll send you my location. <laughs> yes, I need the station. So please, yeah. I will need this, the, the next station along the track. As long as it's not the one that's Slanfire, Poolsquin, Gilgo, Gary, Slantislio, go, go, go. Oh and I've missed a bit out because I know it's longer than that. Um, and someone in Wales is probably going to go, oh my God, she butchered it. Well, sorry. <laughs> Oh, that was brilliant that was brilliant, brilliant yeah it goes on a lot longer than that folks it's the longest railway station in the world longest railway station name in the world so if you want to look at it it's in north wales but anyway from my friend karina 
Goodbye. And I just have to say, I'm very impressed with that. I would have said that station in Wales with the longest name ever. <laughs> but bye-bye. I shall see you on location next week. Yeah, looking forward to that one, darling. So bye-bye, everybody, and we will see you next week. It's going to be a surprise where it's coming from. At least we know mine's here. Karina, bless her heart, she will have the delights of being somewhere else. So, folks, thank you very much for listening to us and listening to us waffle. We'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye-bye.